0: I'm going to actually spend my sermon today in a long-form announcement, okay? Because what we are going to be starting next Sunday is something that I'm really excited as a church, as we begin the new year, to be kicking off together 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church family. You see, it's our intention from this point forward, from now on every single year, at the beginning of the year as a whole church family, to set aside 21 days to pray and to fast and seek the Lord as a family together. And I believe with all my heart that this is going to be an incredibly important time for us together as a church, as we draw closer to God and as we get to know Him better. As we step into 2024 as a church family, I'm believing that God has got more for each and every one of us. Amen? I'm believing for more miracles, for more salvations, for more baptism, for more people to know God's love, for more people to discover God's dream for their lives. For more kids to hear the good news of the gospel and give their lives to Jesus. For more people to be touched and served in our community. For more Holy Spirit encounters. For more impossible things to become possible. See, I am full of faith for this coming year. And I believe that really, truly, that this 21 days of prayer and fasting that we're calling the church to is really the catalyst, is really the engine that's going to drive us into what the Lord has for us this next year as a church family. But here's the reality. I'm announcing next Sunday we're starting 21 days of prayer and fasting. But if I'm going to call us as a church to 21 days of prayer and fasting, then we probably need to stop for a minute and talk about fasting. It's not something that we've talked about a lot in the last few years. And if we're going to be calling people to fasting, then you actually need some time to pray to consider, to think about, to schedule, to plan so that you can effectively participate with us in this time of 21 days of prayer and fasting. So again, starting out next Sunday, we'll talk about later in this message a kind of the different components that are involved. But first, I want to talk to you about fasting. So the text we're going to look at today is Matthew chapter 6. Now, we will be coming back to Matthew chapter 6 multiple times during the month of January. This is the Sermon on the Mount. This is Jesus' most famous sermon. And pretty much Matthew chapter 6, most of it is spent talking about prayer and fasting. So we're going to, giving, then prayer, then fasting. So we're going to start in verse 5, and I'm just going to go ahead and read to you Jesus' words from verse 5 through verse 18. Jesus said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think that they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sin. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they're fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting. But only to your Father, who is unseen, and your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. What a wonderful passage this is, from Jesus' very most famous sermon. And there's so much here that we can unpack. But really, today, I just want to focus on one reality from this. And that is what Jesus says in Matthew 6.16. He just got done saying, when you fast. When fast you fast. Notice Jesus doesn't say, but if you fast, he says, when you fast. And in Matthew 6, Jesus says, he starts off, when you give, give like this. Then he says, when you pray, pray like this. And when you fast, fast like this. And most of us don't have a problem with Jesus saying, when you give, give like this. And we don't have a problem with Jesus saying, when you pray, pray like this. Because we all universally pretty much agree we should pray and we should give, but we get stuck on Jesus saying, when you fast. Because we think, well, do we really have to do that? See, Jesus says that fasting... In our faith is as basic as praying and giving. He includes it in the very same language. So before we go any further, I want to talk to you a little bit about some different kinds of fast. Maybe you would consider some different types of fast as we head into 21 days of prayer and fasting. The first type is a type you see in scripture in a bunch of different places, and we call that the complete fast. And you have these in your in your notes there. The complete fast. Is uh, it's usually just liquids and, and you're withholding food completely. And sometimes that's for a day, sometimes it's for a week, sometimes if you're like Jesus, you go 40, right? Okay, but, but it's for different amounts of times. And I'm gonna talk to you about some details of this here in a minute, but that's the complete fast. There's also what's called a selective fast. Now, the selective fast, this involves removing certain elements from your life, from your diet. One example of this would be like the Daniel fast. In the Daniel fast, you remove things like alcohol and meat and sugar and yeast breads, and instead you consume more water and and fresh fruits and vegetables, nuts, uh, more basic items. So that would be one example of a selective fast. There's also what is called a partial fast. That's fasting. Sometimes this is known as a Jewish fast. That's fasting where you're fasting during a certain period of the day. So maybe you are fasting from sunup to sundown, or maybe you're fasting between 6 a.m. and 3 p.m., or whatever that might be. You set aside a time of day, fasting from lunch, fasting from breakfast, whatever that might be. That could be a partial fast. And then there's another kind that we're going to call a soul fast, a soul fast is a very common way of fasting, especially if you're a person who has uh, food or health issues that prevent you from fasting from food. But maybe you don't have that, but also you recognize that you have other areas of your life that you need to get refocused on and get back into balance. So for one instance, someone might abstain from using Social media or, or watching television or Netflix in the evening or, or from their cell phone. Oh my goodness. Somebody might fast from something that um, actually is causing you to, to like fasting from a meal to, to set aside, to be focused instead of just going along with how you've been doing life. See, what we, happens when we're fasting, we are saying there is something more important in my life than this physical nourishment or entertainment that uh, my body longs for. There's something I need more than I need food. There's something more than I need than this distraction. See, fasting is a physical reminder. It's allowing our body to remind us of some spiritual realities and spiritual concepts. In fasting, we are saying we are more dependent on God than we are on this meal or on this thing. So let's just answer this question real quick together. Why do we fast? Well, I've got some different points here for you in this message about why we fast, because there's several different reasons you might consider fasting. The first one is this, we fast to express our delight in God's goodness. We, We fast to express our delight in God's goodness. Think about Psalm 63, verse 1. He says, you God are my God, earnestly I seek you, I thirst for you, my whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. He's saying my soul is thirsty for you, more than my body thirsts after water, my soul thirsts after God. More than my body is satisfied after a rich meal, my soul is satisfied with God. More than anything else, it's what I desire. Fasting is a physical statement that says more than this, I want you, God. More than Netflix or scrolling social media can give me rest, I believe, God, you are the one who provides rest for my soul. And when we put aside these temporary things and we replace them with prayer and reading the Word and spending time with God, we are demonstrating truly where our priorities lie. See, listen, friends, we always make fasting out to be so negative. Jesus addressed this in the Sermon on the Mount. We make it so negative, but did you know that fasting can actually be an incredibly joy-filled thing that's more like feasting than fasting? In fact, that's what Zechariah 8.19 says. Zechariah says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. The fasts of the fourth, fifth, seventh, and tenth months will become joyful and glad occasions and happy festivals for Judah. Therefore, love, truth, and peace. Wait, can you be happy and fast? Can you be joyful and fast? I thought you were supposed to be miserable when you fasted. I thought what made fasting holy was the fact that you were so unhappy, right? The more unhappy we are, the more godly we are, right? But isn't that funny that that's the way we think? We think we need to be really miserable for this really to be a godly thing. Well, that's simply not the truth. God gave them these fasting seasons because he said it would produce in them joy and gladness because actually what you will find when you begin to feast on God is He can satisfy you better than anything else can. Here's the second thing. We fast to confess our needs for God's grace. We fast to confess our need for God's grace. And we can see this type of fast in several places in Scripture. I think the most, one of the most clear examples is in the book of Joel, Now, the book of Joel is a really neat book in the Old Testament, and if you don't know the story, basically what's happening in the book of Joel is a massive natural national disaster has taken place. A locust plague has come into the land and has wiped out the harvest right at the time where it was ready to be gathered up and brought in. So now the nation has been left without a harvest, without a way to uh, make offerings to the Lord, without a way to have seed for the next uh, year. They're in huge trouble as a country. And so what does the prophet Joel call the country to do? Joel 1.14, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly, summon the elders and all who live in the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Here again, Joel 2, 12 through 14, even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing. Grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. And if you know the rest of the story, the nation prays, the nation fasts, and what's God do? Joel 2.19, then the Lord replied to them, I am sending you grain, new wine, and olive oil, enough to satisfy you fully. God answered their prayer and fasting, and God actually, if you read the story, He went even further than answering the prayers that they specifically made. He went so far as he drove the enemies out who were living in their land. He sent a second season of rain into Israel and they had a second harvest and this time they had a bountiful crop. See, in Joel and in other places, we see fasting associated with times of really crying out to the Lord, of confessing sin, of repenting from sin. The prophet told people, to rend their hearts and not their garments. Now, it's an important thing because all through the Old Testament and even in the New, we see when people are in deep mourning or repentance, they'll tear their clothing as a sign of that uh, mourning, as a sign of repentance. And God tells them, I'm not interested in you tearing your clothes. I'm interested in your hearts. I'm interested in you preparing your hearts and your heart being broken, not just your shirt. And so fasting becomes a time where we come before the Lord and we call out to him for his mercy, for his grace. We we cry out to him in our times of trouble and in our times of sin. Friends, listen, if you have an area in your life, an addiction or a sin area, then I would encourage you to fast. I would encourage you as you draw near to the Lord and as you bring confession before the Lord, I would encourage you also to fast. Because what will happen in our fast is, again, we are breaking that cycle by saying, God, more than this thing, I want you. I need you. And here's what I know about God. When you seek Him, you find Him. If you search for Him, you seek Him with all your heart, the Bible says you'll find Him. So if you have an area of your life that's a stronghold, then I would encourage you, draw near to the Lord with fasting. Here's the third one. Here's another reason we fast. Why do we fast? Number three, we fast to seek and submit to God's will. Now, often people in Scripture fasted when they had an important decision that needed to be made. They were seeking to know God's will or they were seeking to have the strength to follow God's will. And we see this all over the Old and New Testament. I'll give you some examples. Ezra. Remember the story of Ezra. God's people have been in captivity in Babylon, and now the king is going to allow the first group to return to the promised land and begin rebuilding uh, Jerusalem and rebuilding the temple. And so Ezra is going to lead one of these first groups back, but before they're going to leave, they know there's a lot of obstacles in their way. A bunch of different people now are living on the land that used to be theirs. They don't have an army. There's enemies everywhere who want nothing more than to see them wiped out. They don't want them to take back their lands. And so Ezra knows this. And so Ezra, chapter 8, verse 21, says, There, by the Ahava Canal, I proclaimed a fast, so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask Him for a safe journey for us And our children with all our possessions. I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to protect us from the enemies on the road. Because we had told the king, the gracious hand of our God is on everyone who looks to him. But his great anger is against all who forsake him. So we fasted and petitioned our God about this. And he answered our prayer. Boy did he ever. Ezra 8.31 On the twelfth day of the first month, we set out from the Ahava Canal to go to Jerusalem. The hand of our God was on us, and he protected us from enemies and bandits along the way. Now, God heard their prayer. He called for a season of fasting and prayer. God responded. He answered their prayer. The same thing happens at Nehemiah. Nehemiah hears reports that this first group has gone back and they're rebuilding, but that the walls of the city are crumbled and that the enemies are able to come into Jerusalem still. And so Nehemiah, what's he do? He begins to fast and pray and he calls out to the Lord and God answers his prayer. We see it famously in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 9. Once again, Daniel's faced with a really difficult reality. He's in the king's court, and the king has all of these foods that are forbidden for a young Jewish boy like him to eat. So Daniel calls on the Lord. He he has this plan that God gives him where he would be uh, able to eat the food That he was allowed to eat and that God miraculously would make him healthier, stronger than all the other people at court. So they call on the Lord and he answers their prayer. See, these are all examples of times where people needed to know God's will. Or they knew God's will, but they needed the help, the strength, the courage to actually walk it out. So what did they do? They fasted. They stopped they stopped their regular rhythm of life, they broke down their regular routine, and they fasted. Here's a number four. Why do we fast? We fast to anticipate the return of God's Son. We fast to anticipate the return of God's Son. In Matthew nine fourteen through 15, Jesus is actually challenged. It's interesting. John the Baptist's disciples come to Jesus, and it says this. Then John's disciples came and asked him, How is it that we, the the disciples of John the Baptist, and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus answered him, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, then they will fast. You see, Jesus is saying... That as long as the bride and the bridegroom are together, this is Jesus' picture of the time where he's on the earth with his disciples, as long as the bride and the bridegroom are together at a wedding, has anyone ever been to a wedding where you fast at the wedding? No, you feast at a wedding, right? You don't fast at a wedding, you feast at a wedding. So Jesus says, as long as I'm on the earth, why the bridegroom and the bride are together, it's a time of celebration. But a day is coming when I won't be here any longer. And then they will fast. When the bride and the groom are apart from each other, there's a time for fasting. See, in fasting, we are expressing our aching, our longing, our hunger inside of us to be reunited with Jesus face to face. See, fasting is a physical expression that says more than my stomach right now was longing for food, my soul is longing to see Jesus face to face. My soul is longing for the full restoration of God's kingdom. It's a statement that we are tired of the sin and suffering in this world. We are tired of the injustice all around us. We are tired of pain and cancer and disease and tumors and death. And we long to see Jesus come back and deal with this all once and for all. We long for the day when every tear is wiped away. We long for the day where all injustices come to an end. We long to see that day. And so in preparation for that, to remind ourselves that this is not home, we fast. Okay, so there's a bunch of reasons to fast, but how, right? Because this is, the, let's get practical now. Like, okay, so I agree we should do that, but how should we do it? Because the how is important, because let me just tell you, friends, The fasting is not just skipping a meal or going without food or not watching Netflix for a month. There's more to fasting than just that. So what is it? Well, here's an acrostic for you today. I like this acrostic because it helps. It's simple, it's practical, and it reminds me of what it's all about. And here's the number one, most important thing. Just take this home today. What's fasting all about? It's the F. It's focusing on God. It's a very first letter, and it's incredibly important, and it emphasizes several things to us. See, it's based on what Jesus is teaching us in Matthew 6. Jesus says when we fast, we don't fast for the benefit of others. We don't fast so that we're seen on the outside as spiritual or as holy. We don't fast to get other people's attention. We fast in order to honor God. Now, this doesn't mean that you can't tell anyone else in your church family when you're fasting. Because you'll find in Scripture lots of places where fasting is happening corporately. It's communal. People are fasting together. But one of the things we don't want to fall into this trap is fasting in order to gain attention or sympathy from other people. Because Jesus says if we do that, then we've already got our reward. You see, so we want to fast. Our reason for fasting is in order for us to focus on God. It's not for me to draw attention to myself. And we live in a world that's very self-serving. and We don't want our fast to become yet another form of self-service. So, we have to focus on God. Fasting, listen, fasting is not dieting. Fasting is not dieting. It is incredibly popular in our culture right now to do intermittent fasting. It's a very healthy thing. A lot of people do it. But don't assume that just by doing intermittent fasting, you are somehow fasting to the Lord. Because what makes it a fast unto the Lord is more than just that I skip the meal. It's did I focus my heart and my life upon the Lord? It was I fasting to something, not just away from something? That's what makes it matter. That's what makes it count. It's not just so that you're miserable and hungry. It's so that you draw near and closer to God. The F is most important. You've got to focus on the Lord. And then with fasting, number two is the letter A, is there's something that you're going to be abstaining from. You're going to be focusing on the Lord, and the, one of the ways we do that is by abstaining from something. As we're drawing near to the Lord, we are eliminating something in our life, some kind of distraction or some kind of, of, of need, and why? For a spiritual reason. We are hitting the reset button on our soul, we are hitting the reset button on our life, And in the middle of all of this, we are still celebrating and being thankful of God's goodness. But if you're going to fast, you've got to abstain from something. You've got to set it aside. And what's unique about the way God designed our bodies, God made us dependent on food. Like, you have to eat food. Your body needs food. If you go without eating food, you die. Every human body needs at some point to eat food. Okay? God designed us that way. So what's happening here? As I abstain from something that's good, that God designed, that, that my body needs, as I set that aside for a period of time, my body has this built-in reminder that you're hungry and you need to eat something. And if you would understand that you could turn that built-in reminder that your body is reminding you, hey, I'm hungry, hey, I'm bored, Hey, I'm, if you could use those as a reminder, oh yeah. I need to be present with the Lord. My stomach is growling. I'm going to draw near to the Lord right now. I'm going to use this body of mine like setting reminders on my watch or reminders in my phone. I'm going to let these natural processes in my body because let me just tell you right now, if you gave up your cell phone or social media, you would find there would be a time this afternoon where you by just your habit would pull this thing out to get started and then you'd be reminded, oh yeah, now what am I going to do? That's Your choice. Do you take that moment and begin to focus on the Lord? And that's what the letter S stands for. It's that we need to substitute, substitute with prayer and study. It's not just about skipping. It's not just about giving up your phone. It's not just about giving up watching TV. If you don't take that time that you normally would have been eating or on your phone or watching TV and instead, Turn your heart, your mind, your attention, your affection toward the Lord in prayer, in study, in reading the Word, in spending time with other believers. If you're not doing that, friends, then it's just a diet. Okay, and some of you should go on diets, right? right? Diet's fine. Some of us need a diet. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about specifically drawing near to the Lord through fasting. So we've got to substitute what we normally would be doing with something else. See, what happens again when we're substituting these things is now we are truly saying, God, I'm feasting on you. This is what Jesus was saying to his disciples. Do you remember when they came back and they had brought this bread that they had gone away to get food while Jesus was speaking to the Samaritan woman? And they show back up and Jesus says, I've got bread that you guys know nothing about. What was because doing the will of the Father fed his soul. It fed his soul. Now, he still needed to eat some real bread, too. But more than he longed for bread, he longed to do the will of the Father. And friends, we got to substitute spending these times. we got to build new rhythms. And this is what I would find to be key. If you decide to give up social media, for example, and you begin to seek the Lord instead of mindless scrolling, you might actually discover at the end of 21 days that you don't need to go back and put that habit back in place like it was beforehand. That you just might find that you are satisfied more by substituting that time than you were beforehand. Now, if you decide to go without food, then please eat something at the end. I'm telling you this for a reason, friends. I really believe with all my heart that what you will discover if you'll really do this, is that God will show you that He's better than whatever else you are setting aside. And this is the letter T. Taste and see that God is good. Taste and see. It's a direct quote from Psalm 34, verse 8. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in Him. And I actually, this is just too good not to read the next two. Verse 9, fear the Lord, you His holy people, for those who fear Him, Lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. See, God is willing to show you just how sufficient He really is. God is willing to show you just how much better He is than that thing that you are going to be setting aside. I am fully convinced in this. I have no problem saying that fasting is for everyone, some form of fasting. Now, you need to hear me, church, before you enter into a fast. You need to know your body, you need to know your health, and you need to seek the Lord in prayer. Because the last thing that I would want you to do is to begin a fast impulsively and not take into consideration some things like what your doctor might have to say about it. So I want you to consider, I believe most everyone can skip a meal. I believe most everyone could fast, especially doing some kind of spiritual fast, away from some other things. I'm not telling you that you all need to go 21 days on a complete fast. What I am calling us all to is what's our next step. What is God? What will God, if I'm honest about this and I seek Him and I ask Him, What will God ask me or place in my heart to do? Because I'm so convinced that this is his will for our life that I believe that if you're honest enough today, as we head here in a moment into our uh, response time, that God will actually speak to you about this. I'll believe that throughout the week this week, if you remain open to the Lord and say, okay, God, I need some help with this. I need to know, is there areas of strongholds in my life or areas that I need to set aside or is there something that you would have me to do? I'll bet you that he will answer you. Again, when you seek the Lord, you find him. God's not hiding from you. He's the worst player of hide and go seek of all time. He wants to be found, okay? He wants to be found. Now I'm going to ask the band to come back up and I'm going to talk to you about some of the tools and what this is going to look like for us together as a church beginning next Sunday for 21 days of prayer and fasting. Beginning today, Brenda did the hard work and she's got our prayer Pray First prayer guides that are now available for you after the service. You can get them today or next week. What this prayer guide is, is we want to help you learn how to pray. We want to help you become more and more effective in your prayer life. And so all this book is, is it's a bunch of different types of prayer, a bunch of different methods for prayer, and a bunch of different ways that you and I can get engaged in reading Scripture and in praying. This is just a wonderful tool that we're going to give to every single person to help you during these 21 days to draw deeper and nearer to God in prayer. There's also an app called the Pray First app. You can download it in the App Store on Apple or Android, and it's a wonderful tool. It's basically this guide, but also where it can guide you through it. So you can listen to the audio of it. You can have other people help you in prayer. You can see different kinds of prayer. If you ever find yourself in a situation where you need some prayer support or some prayer help, you can use this app. It's a wonderful tool called Pray First. We're also... Have one of these for kids so that for families and their kids, they can work together in helping their kids know and understand how to engage with the Lord more and more in prayer. We also are going to be adding during 21 days of prayer, we have our Tuesday morning prayer meeting that we always have had that meets at 6.30 here on Tuesday. One change we're going to make. During the 21 days of prayer, if you are a person who is in need of prayer, or know somebody that's in need of prayer, we are going to invite you to come on Tuesday morning or and Wednesday evening at 7, where we'll be prayer meetings that we will have here at the church where we'll worship together, pray together. I'll have stations where you can pray for the country Local government, national government, stations where you can pray about all kinds of different issues in our world, here in our church, we'll also have a place where you can be prayed for and anointed with oil, and we'll be praying prayers of healing all through the 21 days of prayer and fasting. We are going to really go after the Lord during this time. Every Sunday, our messages will be on this topic of prayer. I'm going to do a live Facebook. So if you're social media fasting, you won't get this one. But I'm going to do a a live devotion every morning for people just in praying. Because we're going to try to connect in as many ways as possible. We're going to try to connect people deeper and deeper and deeper into prayer. And so here's what I want to ask for you to do today as we get ready to close this part, move into our response time, and then have some baptisms at the end. What I want to ask you to do today is ask the Lord, What's my next step? What's my next step, God? Uh, If you go to the Lord and you're open and you're honest, tell him what you're afraid of, tell him your concerns, ask him to help you, ask him to lead you. My belief is today he'll begin the process of speaking to you. And over this next week, by the time you come back next Sunday, You'll have clarity on how you can get started for this 21 days of prayer and fasting. Here's one more thing I'll ask of you. If God speaks something to you in this, then don't keep it a secret. Tell somebody, an accountability partner, a friend in the church, someone in your small group, your spouse. Tell somebody else so that you together can encourage each other, help each other, and walk this next season of 21 days through together.